Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. We're here in Tyrone, Pennsylvania uh, today, and our guest is a professor at St. Francis University uh, in Loretto, Pennsylvania, and uh, Dr. David Irvine. Uh, how far is is St. Francis from where we are here in Tyrone? And We're probably about uh, 30 miles. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's up, up near Ebensburg. Okay, and uh, it's in Loretto? Is that the it's name in Loretto. of the, the town? Okay. And about how many students in that popula- student body population? All together, there's well over 3,000 students okay. uh, involved in the university, either the taking online courses or there on campus. Great. And w- we talked about your background and w- your current responsibilities as a professor there uh, teaching the German language, uh, history, and mm-hmm. culture. And you said you can talk about uh, your Christian faith uh, there. Absolutely. Uh, on, in particular on those issues when you get into the Protestant Reformation and mm-hmm. uh, how Martin Luther dealt with some of those questions of what is a true Christian faith and what does the Bible teach. Yep. Exactly. And uh, then we found out also, you've had a number of hats, pastor, uh, missionary, and a professor, and, and a drug and opioid counselor, counselor. Is, uh, seems to be something that God has led you into. And you've had some great results, as we were talking about, of uh, people whose lives have been changed and been brought out of that uh, downward spiral mm-hmm. that many find themselves in. And we want to talk about <clears throat> that a little bit more in this edition of The Lion's Den, uh, uh, as uh, you deal with this issue, um, is it an issue at, at the uh, campus where you teach, or is, is it people there that may get involved in helping with the issue? We do have uh, people that help, and uh, there is anywhere. There, I don't think you can go anywhere across this nation and not find people that are, are touched in some form or another of uh, addiction. Right. There, you know, there are different levels, there are different degrees. Addiction is uh, much broader than what we originally thought. It's um, the person who binge drinks on the weekends is very much the addict as uh, the person who is uh, drinking every day. Right. So it, it, okay, it, so there's, the there's a broad range. Right. It's, it's, it's really changed, and we do, we've realized that there are three types of addictions. There's uh, substance addictions, there's behavioral addictions, and there's emotional addictions. And some of them inter- intertwine together as right. well. Okay. And now, as we <clears throat> talked in our uh, last uh, broadcast, <coughs> Excuse me. you mentioned, too, that uh, some of your involvement began when you were uh, working with uh, the military over in Germany as you were uh, doing Desert doing Storm missionary yes. work there. You also got involved with the military. Well, base. we sent over 30,000 soldiers from our area into the field there, into uh, Iraq. And we had a hospital there in the area of over 10,000. And uh, as you can well imagine, they were a little short staffed. So they put a plea out from, for all of us who were ordained and especially bilingual that if we could come in and help uh, do some casework, just sit there and talk to some of these soldiers, help the families integrate and dealing with now this new dynamics in the family, uh, a wounded soldier. And so 
how much, if can you give us a sense, uh, how much of our opioid addiction problem is related to uh, military people? Is it a percentage, a good percentage of of the addictions, or is it just the average <laughs> in the population? They're affected just as much uh, by substance abuse as the regular general population, and a lot of it deals with the overprescription of opioids, pain medication. So. Yes, there definitely are soldiers get caught up in that. They get wounded in combat. Uh, they get wounded in training, hurt in trainings. The, they go to a, uh, the doctor. He prescribes um, pain medication, a narcotic. And the next thing you know, they become addicted. Right. And is that a, a general pattern with this problem that we're having in our country overall now, that they start out with pain medications or prescribed medications and then move on into Absolutely. more serious addictions? That's why we're taking a good, tight look at the, the overuse of um, Oxycontin, Oxycodone, Darvocets, Percocets, Vicodins. Um, we're trying to uh, dial back some of the over prescriptions of that, maybe starting out with a milder uh, pain medication such as naproxen, Tylenol, um, ibuprofen, rather than starting off with a narcotic. I see. Okay. Is you that, can always go up. It's right. very hard to go down. <laughs> I see. Okay. And so uh, are most of the pain medicines then addictive, would you say? or? The um, narcotics, yes. Um, what I try to teach my medical students is, is that all medication has a physiological and psychological effect on the person. So uh, even though you may not become addicted, there is a physiological, psychological effect taking place. But the narcotics are very addictive. Okay. And so then what are your thoughts in terms of addressing this problem now? What are some of the the strategies that are being developed and maybe that you're using in your personal uh, work uh, with this issue? Well, since I'm not a medical doctor, I can't prescribe, but I can help educate people and, and do that with various seminars that I do um, to maybe take a second look at the, the type of medication they're taking. Do they need a high dosage of a narcotic where maybe a um, Vicodin, rather than a Vicodin, but maybe naproxen would be better for them to start with. Mm -hmm. And if uh, allow their own body to address the pain level. God has made us uh, pretty remarkable creatures, and he has created within the body a way to deal with pain naturally. We do, we, yeah, we can take the easy shortcut out by popping a pill, but... Maybe we ought to let the body work its own system out. I see. And uh, so now in terms of training people, you, of course, you have students at your university that are in these courses. Uh, are you training uh, medical people? And you said seminars. What, what kind of seminars have well, you been Well, um, I do seminars in churches and also in the communities about the opioid crisis, what addiction is, what um, substance abuse is, different types of addiction, different types of drug seminars. Um, we can maybe talk again on another time about marijuana and the legalization of marijuana, um, where that's becoming more and more um, accepted here in America, especially here in Pennsylvania, too, as well. But, um, yeah, just the opportunity to get in and, and educate people, 
just what addiction is. And then, uh, okay, so, so we can try and people uh, help people avoid getting addicted and moving in that direction by changing perhaps uh, their initial contact with the, the opioids. Yes. Uh, but uh, once the problem exists, then what uh, what's the the strategies and remedies that are being offered there? Um, well, when you're talking about opioids, um, which is a very highly addictive substance, it's very, very hard just to kick kick it, especially once they've, from the pills, but once they progressed on to heroin, uh, they usually start out with uh, snorting heroin, then they go to the IV use. Once that they stick that needle in their arm, that's the hardest of all levels to break. So you want to try to catch a person early on in their stage of addiction where they're just abusing their pain medication. They're taking it too frequently. Mm -hmm. That's easier to treat. As they progress on and further down the road, the harder it is. And then sometimes it involves an inpatient setting because they will have to go through a detoxing process. Right, and how effective is that once they go in inpatient uh, setting? Well, I look at that I have about a 20% success rate okay. uh, of the heroin users, so it's not very successful. Once they've gone down that path, uh, this year alone, uh, to my knowledge, I've had um, so far six people that I'm aware of that have sat in my office that have now died after treatment, mm. have now died because of an overdose. They right. relapsed yeah, and never made it back. Mm. Okay, so it's a very sad and tragic mm -hmm. time in, in terms of that particular uh, crisis going on. And now, uh, how about the uh, availability of, of, you said the heroin in particular, uh, has that become more available in recent years? Uh, did I hear that maybe the price has gone down and that is uh, part of the uh, um, issue? The price has pretty much stayed the same. I mean, different areas, the, it, it, the, in, for instance, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, you can get it cheaper than you can here in this area. But what is becoming more dangerous is they're lacing heroin with fentanyl and carfentanil. Um, and... Carl Fentanyl, as you've been, you're starting to hear on the different news programs, is an elephant tranquilizer. And one little flake of uh, Carl Fentanyl touching the skin will kill a person. Mm. Wow. Uh, which is about the size of um, um, pepper, a pepper flake. Yeah. Is that right? So mm. that tiny will kill you. Sure. And so it's a, a dangerous uh, combination here that's developing. And what's being done to address that connection? Well, we're trying to uh, make available Narcan. You hear about Narcan. We're uh, introducing uh, medically assisted treatments with uh, Vivitrol. These are some new uh, ways of treating uh, the opioid crisis and addiction in people. Uh, and we're starting to see some great uh, success in those areas, saving a person that have overdosed with Narcan. Um, but it's it, that's not 100%. The, mm -hmm. the, I, I wish I could say that there's something that we can do that's 100% right. um, outside of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> right. And so that's the spiritual dimension of this issue as well. And uh, Yes. 
do you have opportunities to get into uh, ministering that way as well? Well, one of the things I ask my clients uh, when uh, I first they first come into the program here, you know, I ask them about uh, give me a history of um, their substance abuse. We move into their mental health because we need to address all areas uh, that's so why I uh, talk to them about their mental health and then I just ask them um, spirituality ever a part of your life and and if they say yes and then I ask my next question follow up is well how how would you define spirituality well if they tell me well they've accepted Jesus Christ as a personal savior or they're looking you know about reading the Bible and getting involved there well that's a that's my open door right sure. so they've asked I mm -hmm. asked they gave me an answer so now I can then engage in right. that kind of a conversation but in, in very generic terms unless you know they give me permission to go in a little deeper then we can sit and talk about the Bible mm -hmm. and uh, explore some of those areas right do you find that there are uh, christians who have fallen into this absolutely pattern in this cycle absolutely you figure uh, across our nation one in eight people have a substance problem um so let's look at our christian churches our evangelical fundamental churches if that's the case the national of one in eight people have a substance problem could there be some people in our churches that fit into that same category absolutely right well we, we thank you for taking time to talk to us about this and if any are interested in finding out more about the seminars that you offer uh, they can uh, contact you through us uh, if they'd like to get in touch with the lion's den my uh, announcer will give the details in just a moment and uh, we thank you again, uh, Dr. David Irvine. Thank you. As our guest uh, for the last two broadcasts. And uh, God bless you and all that you're doing. God bless you, too. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Report. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844 or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.